Welcome to the Automation World Get Your Questions Answered podcast, where we connect with industry experts to get the answers you need about industrial automation technologies. And find even more answers by subscribing to Automation World magazine at subscribeaw.com. That's subscribeaw.com. I'm David Greenfield, Director of Content for Automation World, and the question we'll be answering in this episode is, how to use remote I.O. in the main electrical enclosure. So joining me today to answer this question is Brian Little of Avancion, an industrial automation system integrator. So thanks for joining me today, Brian. Thanks for having me. So given that an I.O. module is an input-output device that processes inputs from a field device such as a sensor or actuator to send to a controller and then sends output commands back from the controller to the device, let's start by explaining the differences among remote I.O., distributed I.O., and local I.O. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Local I.O. usually assumes that the I.O. modules are in the same rack or chassis as the controller, right? So they're, they're right next to it um, doing, their, doing their job. Um, distributed I.O. You know, can be in a separate or a different location than the main controller. But distributed I.O. usually has some kind of computing power at that remote location. So it, it's doing its own uh, processing of information and maybe turning on and off the outputs regardless of the main processor. And then basic remote I.O. is, again, that remote location, but it doesn't have any local computing power. Okay. Thanks for clarifying the differences uh, among those three. So with the definition of remote I.O. essentially indicating that the I.O. modules aren't located in the main electrical enclosure, let's get to the reader question behind this podcast question, which is, how do you use remote I.O. in the main electrical enclosure? And what would be the benefit of doing this? I mean, it seems like doing that goes against the whole point of remote I.O. Uh, yeah, I would say that that statement probably applied, uh, you know, uh, a few years ago or whatever. But, um, you know, there's actually a lot of good benefits of doing it now. Uh, three of them being, number one, safety. Uh, number two, you can save a lot of wiring inside of larger enclosures and also standardization. Um, I'll go back to the safety Obviously, there's big pushes now for uh, arc flash uh, inside of panels. So what you can do is, you know, separate different different doors inside your panel where you might have your high voltage side and your low voltage side. And you can put remote I.O. in that high voltage side. And then, you know, that can assist with troubleshooting uh, without having to open those doors. Um, the other one is there's a lot of safety controllers now that use remote I.O., um, so again, if you need to put some kind of safety into a door in that higher voltage side, you can. Um, and from a standardization, um, you know, if you use all remote I/O, a plant or uh, a company can standardize on their spare parts. They can, you know, trim down their training on the same parts, and then also drawing standards just by using the same part in different locations. Thanks for explaining that, Brian. And we'll be back with more insights into remote I.O. use after this brief announcement from Automation World. Would you like to be part of this podcast series that reaches thousands of listeners across industry? Because the questions that form the topics of these podcasts come from our audience, we'd love to feature our audience members as guests. So if you're interested, contact me via email at dgreenfield at automationworld.com to learn more. And now let's get back to the podcast. 
So, Brian, I understand that the upfront cost for remote I.O. can be more expensive than local I.O. Is that understanding still correct? And if so, what are the key advantages to remote I.O. that make this higher initial cost worth it? Yeah, I actually uh, don't feel that to be true anymore as far as the cost. Uh, you really can get the same performance from a more compact I.O. module anymore that may be less expensive than main PLC I.O. cards. Um, I think really the upfront cost maybe come down to the network infrastructure you might need to do remote IO. But again, the industry is all, uh, you know, trending towards everything being on some kind of network. So that infrastructure is probably already in place, right? So if you already have ethernet for your PLC and your HMI, throwing on an ethernet remote IO isn't much of an addition. And really I would go back to the, you know, the, as far as the key advantages, I would go back to that uh, that safety factor, but I would also add future expansion, you know, as a as a good benefit of doing the upfront design that way. You know, a main PLC chassis usually only has a, num a maximum number of slots, but you can always add remote I/O. So having that in place adds for expansion in the future. So I guess you know, using remote I/O in the main electrical cabinet wouldn't impact these benefits that you're mentioning in any way, or is there potentially some impact with that? I don't, I don't think it impacts it at all, actually. I think it, it, it sets you up for the future, actually. Okay. All right. So it seems like the way to go. So whether it's local or remote I.O., you know, we've essentially been discussing wired I.O. modules here. But what about wireless remote I.O.? You know, as with anything wireless and industrial control, you know, there seems to be as many detractors as supporters. Uh, so what's your opinion of wireless remote I.O.? And would there be any point in using it if you were installing the remote I.O. in the main electrical cabinet? I think that really depends on your application. It is independent of what other remote I.O. you already have. Um, there's a lot of things going on with data collection now. So if you already had a panel in place um, and you needed to do some data collection, whether it be vibration or temperature inside your panel, you can easily add uh, some wireless remote I.O. to collect that data and you wouldn't have to build a whole new infrastructure. So Brian, this has been a pretty straightforward topic for this podcast that we've covered. Uh, so given that, do you have any further advice as a system integrator for manufacturers who are you know, making choices about the types of IO they use as part of their network, networking strategy? Yeah, I, I would say it really comes down to the standardization and, and the safety that I mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, maintaining uh, the same spare parts for our customers and is a very important thing we try to lean towards. Um, but I would also say, you know, um, setting yourself up to have remote IO is actually a very good choice. Like I said, it's future expansion and the ease of use. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me for this podcast, Brian. And thanks, of course, to all of our listeners. And please keep watching this space for more installments of Automation World Get Your Questions Answered. And remember that you can find us online at automationworld.com and subscribe to our print magazine at subscribeaw.com to stay on top of the latest industrial automation technology insights, trends, and news. 